Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, you can't all bring mashed potatoes. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as I'm always joined, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. Mark, how's it going? It's going great. Patrick, can I... We're, it's, a, it's a few days out when this episode releases, but can I mm. wish you a happy Thanksgiving? I can't believe we're already... It feels... We're already here. Like, it feels not that long ago that we were recording last year's Thanksgiving episode. <laughs> what did we do last year for Thanksgiving? Oh, uh, I was actually looking this up earlier because I couldn't remember either. I think it was um, uh, which we were like, we planned a, a Thanksgiving meal and then we assigned Nintendo characters to like bring each course or something like that. I can't well, remember. No, no, no. <laughs> we we did, and this I think was several years ago that we uh, we like got some Nintendo characters together, and then we were like, "What would their Thanksgiving look like?" You know, like does Wario have his dinner catered? Oh, you're right. You're right. Something? You're right. Yeah. Okay, I, I I just I looked it up. It is yeah. We planned a Thanksgiving menu, so that's a mm -hmm. recurring theme, and then determine which Nintendo franchise best represents each. Uh, like element of the meal. Wait, so is that exactly what we're doing right now? <laughs> no, it's not. What we're doing right now <laughs> is uh, different. <laughs> we're <laughs> discovering this in real time. Wait, how is what we're doing today different than what we did last year? Um, I haven't listened to last year's episode. Right. For, you know, so I don't remember exactly. It would be funny if this turns out to be the same exact thing, but I think the difference... <laughs> Is twofold. One, yeah. we didn't say exactly what each course is. We left that mm -hmm. to our own determination in this episode. And two, instead of assigning franchises, we're assigning games. Yeah, yeah. No, it's different enough. I think this is different enough. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> honestly, blacked it out uh, of, of, of my memory. I don't remember these things uh, when we're done recording them. Uh, but this is going to be a great episode where we're going to be making up uh, Thanksgiving menus of uh, Nintendo games. Uh, but before we get into that, my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch, would you like to borrow it? You absolutely can try to get on a list to do that. All you got to do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. Give us a mailing address so we can send you my copy of Sonic Forces. You play it for as long as you want, uh, or which could be no time at all. Um, and then you send it back. I pay for postage both ways. There may be a copy of Untitled Goose Game in there, uh, but that's fine. That's just part of the program. Um, uh, oh, yes. Uh, so... Uh, Mark, last week I was on the Rum and Wings uh, board tabletop uh, board game podcast to talk about Marvel Snap. Um, that is a show hosted uh, by my buddy Pete and his friend uh, Mike. Pete's been on this show. He hosted a news episode with me um, when uh, you were out of town. Uh, it's a fun episode. I've talked about Marvel Snap here, but if you want to hear me go into greater detail, you can find that there. Um, one last thing before we get into the, the show. 
probably noticed that this is not a news episode. We're not talking about news. Uh, we're just giving you the one episode in your feed this week because um, it's Thanksgiving and, you know, everyone deserves a, 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 a little break. Even Mark. I've earned it. <laughs> Mark's earned it. Uh, all right. Uh, let's get into this topic, which I'm pretty sure we haven't done before. <laughs> let's build a Thanksgiving menu out of Nintendo games. So before we uh, like jump in to uh, you know the the individual like courses and what uh, what games represent those courses for us, um, I just want to know like Mark, what is your experience with uh, like hosting Thanksgiving or like participating in the food making part of Thanksgiving? Is that something that uh, you you do or do you just show up and eat the food? I uh, wow, I'm about. Uh... <laughs> I, I, I feel like this is not... So, okay, I'm going to preface this by saying that now that I have to reckon with this, I had never thought mm. about this before, Patrick, but you are forcing me to reckon with it. And now that I am forced to reckon with it, I don't know that I like the answer, but I'm just a show, show up and eat it kind of guy. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. But I think, that, I think that's a lot of people though, right? Like there's, there's the person who hosts the Thanksgiving and then there's like maybe three or four other people that like bring something uh-huh. and then... The rest of the guests are just show up. Yeah, and I like uh, uh, I, 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 I will bring something if the situation mm-hmm. requires it, but rarely will I cook it myself. Sure, sure. You bring in those like soft cookies from the grocery store. <laughs> well, I, I, well, I mean, probably. I would like. I would like to. I would like to think that I'd be a little classier than that. But deep down, I know that's probably not true. <laughs> and also, you know, not what people want. They they want those soft cookies from the, from the grocery store. Um, do do you have a a go to of like a thing that you bring to a Thanksgiving? No, not really. Um, I guess just whatever the situation requires. These are like the worst possible answers to these questions. Like the most boring, <laughs> like horrible questions. So I'm gonna flip this around in uh, in, in the hopes that you uh, have more interesting Thanksgiving situations than I find myself in. Patrick, how about you? Do you do you find yourself? I know that you have hosted my husband and I for Thanksgiving before. That's right. So um, uh, is that something that you do often? Yeah, so Sarah and I usually end up um, hosting a Thanksgiving for like us and two other people. Uh, it is, um, or maybe there's like one other person uh, in addition there. Um, and it always starts as like a, a group project. Uh, and then like Sarah's control thing takes over and uh, then she's in charge and I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, fully in support mode. Um, but Sarah's when control thing. Her control thing, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I stand by it. I stand by it. No, I mean, you know, it's uh it's just um she wants to take control of it and uh does. Uh and I don't want to fight that, so um I, I I support it. Um and then if uh back when I was just a a bringer of things to to Thanksgiving, uh especially with my family, I would always uh default to dessert. Um, because the traditional desserts in my family are one pumpkin pie and one pecan pie. Two pies that I don't like. Um, so <laughs> I, I was like, forget it. I'm going to start making dessert and bringing it. And there was always still a pumpkin pie and a pecan pie. But then I always brought something else that I would actually be interested in eating uh, when dessert came around. That feels like a good plan. If you're going to bring 
something to a Thanksgiving or to any meal at all, might as well be something you're going to want to eat, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Oh, are you saying that's selfish? Are you saying I'm no, being no? I mean, I'm being 100 percent sincere. <laughs> um, I think uh, so. As as we go down uh, our lists of our our Nintendo game menus, um, for uh, our Nintendo Thanksgiving here, um, I think I am being selfish. I think I am programming this to what all these things mean to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh maybe I am just as it comes to like meals and meal planning that I'm just a selfish person and I just, I want what I want. I don't, I don't think that's true. I think that, um, so the way I approached it is, and we should probably explain what we're doing, especially because, uh, and maybe we've done it before. (laughs) Maybe we've done it before. I don't think we have. I think this is a, uh, maybe a cousin to a previous episode but sure, uh, sure. not the same exact thing. Although would uh, kind of be funny if we spent a lot of time brainstorming a Thanksgiving episode and it turns out to be the same exact thing we did last year. Um, uh, and also here, I'm just going to say, if, th- if this is what we did last year, I'm giving us permission to do it again. Okay. All right. All right. That's all I needed. Okay. So what we're doing is uh, we have s- like five dishes um, or like courses, dish category, whatever you want to call it that uh, could make up a Thanksgiving meal. And they are appetizer, signature cocktail, the main dish, two sides of our choosing, and then dessert. And um, instead of planning, like, food for each of these, we're, I'm, the way I thought about it is like, okay, yeah, if, like, somebody was coming over or people were coming over and I was going to give them a meal of Nintendo games that, you know, with one game fitting each of these categories, how would I kind of, like, plan that menu to be a satisfying Nintendo feast is how I yes. approached it. And I approach it much, much the same way, but with the caveat that this implies a sort of uh, elastic definition of time where you can play an entire 60 hour game uh, over the course of one meal, over the course of one course of one meal. Um, so that, you know, we're, we're not limited to like an appetizer. This isn't a seven minute game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. We're not actually like the expectation is not that uh, we would be able to play all of this in a single set sitting. Right, unless we develop like a pocket dimension where time moves differently, and then then maybe would that but, be the uh, same pocket dimension that we sent um like a couple of those d- Mario Kart eight deluxe tracks to? I mean, didn't we pull them all out? I don't think we left anything in the pocket dimension. But it was there for a while, if nothing else. They were there for a while, yeah. And we don't know how time passed for them. So I mean, it it is possible that the, that's the same pocket dimension. Yes. Okay, so yeah, I, I feel like that's a good solution. Um, all right, Mark, would you like to go first and reveal your appetizer? Sure, yeah. So <clears throat> my appetizer for this Nintendo Thanksgiving is Wii Sports. I feel like it's a nice little, like, uh, amuse-bouche of a game mm-hmm. where, you know, it gets people uh, active playing in these sh- uh, shorter games. Um, feels like a nice, like, uh, conversation starter I just feel like, uh, and I also, maybe it's because when the Wii was released, but I also just associate Wii Sports with, um, like, the holidays, with family gatherings, with friends getting together. It just feels really like a part of that whole scene in my mind. Yeah, well, and families in particular, right? Like, it's, it's, a, it's a good, like, intergenerational, like, 
everyone can do it. Uh, th- this was sort of my thought too. Um, I, I I didn't go with uh, with Wii Sports, but like that is such a good game that you can play while also having a conversation about something else. You know, um, which I feel like is the role of appetizers, where like it's got to be good. The appetizer has to be good, but it's got to also be something you can sort of ignore. Yeah, totally. And I also feel like um, Wii Sports, in the same way that an appetizer is like kind of um, setting uh, the tone of the meal, mm, I feel mm-hmm. like Wii Sports is an interesting uh, um, like first game for a lot of people or like return to yeah. gaming. Like it just feels like a good like table setting of a uh, video game where, you know, you're not really getting into... Uh, Oh, this is getting really tortured, but like the meat of it, you know, it's just kind of like a more casual, like, but fun, yeah. disposable experience. I, it is an invitation to play in the same way that an appetizer is an, an invitation to eat. So, yeah, so Wii Sports is my, is the appetizer for my Nintendo Thanksgiving. Uh, can I ask, uh, why not Nintendo Switch Sports? Yeah, so uh, I think it's just familiarity for me. Like, I mm-hmm. bought Nintendo Switch Sports, like it a lot, but to my mind, the um, you know, the same reason I didn't choose, like, Wii Sports Resort or something like that. I feel like the, yeah. the uh, quintessential Nintendo Sports experience is Wii Sports. And while the other games uh, made improvements to it, and I think Switch Sports is really good, it is not, like, the the one that I think of when I think of like this Wii Sport, this Nintendo Sports experience. Um, at some point, Mark, we are going to rank the games in the Wii series, which will include Nintendo Switch Sports, uh, and I will be curious to see where those two games fall in relationship to each other. Yeah, because they um, are they are really similar, but also yeah, pretty different. Th- yeah, and like I think I like unequivocally like Nintendo sports more, but I feel like it would be ranked lower just cause like, you know, we, we sports is that it's, it's that iconic thing. People know that we sports is like the waggle video game, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really interesting. Um, I'm getting the, uh, the impression here that I think my menu is going to be a little bit more aggressive than yours. Um, my, my appetizer, uh, is a, a game that I, sh- that should have been on my radar earlier than this. Um, but I played it for the first time this weekend. It's Towerfall. Um, Mark, have you ever played Towerfall? I played it. I've played it a little bit. I feel like, um, it was really big on Xbox Live Arcade back in the day. Yeah. And was like an Ouya title. Um, and uh, is available on Switch, so I'm counting it as a Nintendo game for for the, these purposes. Um, but it's a uh, a four player. Everyone's on like one screen, um, trying to shoot each other with arrows and like jump around. The controls are very simple. You move left, you move right, you jump, you shoot arrows. Um, and uh, it's just uh, like this elimination thing when only one person is left on the screen. Everyone takes one hit, and that's it. Um, when there's one person left on the screen, it kind of wipes the map, and you start over. And everyone, you know, got like a point. Uh, for each kill they made during that um, and it's so like accessible and like quick um, that like it is uh, sort of inviting the uh, like sort of hunter mentality right where it's like yeah we're like going after the next kill and like the thing starts up right again uh, and it just it's so like easy to wrap your mind around maybe you already need a gaming background for it to be this like accessible thing. Uh, but with like just about any amount of uh, gaming background, uh, you can like grasp onto what is fun and cool about this game. 
Ooh, I, I, uh, I like that a lot. I like, um, and I feel like that's a perfect fit for like an appetizer, you know, just kind of like, um, strong, but, uh, short. Yes. Yes. Right. Well, and also like the, and I think both of us were, were thinking this, um, that it's a, a multiplayer experience, right? Um, I don't know that multiplayer was necessary for like the rest of these games, but it feels like an appetizer needs yeah, to be multiplayer. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Also, I like, again, not that I'm searching for ways that this episode is different from previous episodes we've done, but... I've given I, you permission. I, you don't have to worry about but it. I, <laughs> but I like how uh, if our menus continue to diverge like this, I like how we're basically like two uh, chefs that are making their own like fixed price menu for people to choose from. Ooh, and people can choose. This, I wonder if we talked about this last year too. People can choose which of our menus they prefer. <laughs> There's no way we talked about that last year. This is an original idea. No, this, only these are all new ideas. Le, so there's something that happens when you do 615 episodes <laughs> of a podcast. Uh, uh, all right, uh, I'll, I'll do my signature cocktail next. Okay, great. Um, uh, and I, I was thinking, like, what is the role of a signature cocktail, right? Um, and like. Uh, I, th- I think there there are two things. One is you want to do something like sort of impressive, sort of dazzling that has like a lot of complex flavors to it um, and also like expresses something unique about like yourself or where you're from or like what you prioritize. You know, like I'm not going to serve a, uh, a tequila drink as a signature cocktail because I don't drink tequila. Right. Um, the, the, these are like there, there's a very like clear sense of identity associated with it um, and and uh, spectacle. Um, but then on top of that, uh, you also want to get messed up a little bit because you're uh, you're, ser- you're serving a boozy drink. Um, so I've picked a game that I believe is a spectacle, expresses uh, my views and values, and uh, will mess you up a little bit. I'm, of course, referring to Tetris Effect Connected. Oh, yes. Um, a Tetris game that will hypnotize you into feeling a different way and perceiving colors in a whole new in a whole new way. Um, that uh, it, it'll yeah that I mean that's that's basically it. I love Tetris. This is a fun uh, spectacular way to present Tetris, and it messes with your brain chemistry. Yeah, that's such a that's such a good pick. I did a really kind of like similar thought process for my signature cocktail, and again, I think you're right. I think uh, we are diverging a little bit in the in. Uh, the aggressiveness, I guess I will say, of our menu. Um, so my my signature cocktail is uh, uh, I thought of something that you might want to like sip and savor through that throughout the entire oh. meal. You know, so just like uh, something that's like a nice pairing with everything else, and you may not like indulge and have it all immediately, but maybe you will like drink a little bit of it, set it down, come back, do it some more, and um, so. What the game that I picked for this is Stardew Valley, not a Nintendo first party game, but um, I guess kind of in the I, same, uh, yeah. I, I just picked a uh, Tetris Effect, so <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so like uh, Stardew Valley, a game that I really, really love and has kind of ruined me on you know that kind of like Harvest Moon esque uh, farm mm-hmm. simulators because I think Stardew Valley does it so well that um, a lot of these, the other games, when you go back to them, are you know, even the newer ones, they just kind of pale in comparison. But uh, if you are not familiar with Stardew Valley, it's available on basically every platform, including mobile and on your in your Tesla, if you have one of those. Um, but it's like, it's just a, uh, it the art style is kind of a throwback to 16, 32-bit uh, uh, pixel art. And it's just a very relaxing, well-written, um, 
like farming simulator, which also has like a relationship element that uh, just there's so much to do. The world is very inviting. It was it was developed initially by or maybe primarily in its entirety by a single person. And um, it's just a really cool, special game that I played for the first time on Switch and uh, is I think is just like a really great, relaxing experience. And and uh, in being that relaxing experience is sort of your like mood altering thing, right? Like it, it makes me think that the the booze in your signature cocktail here is like a gin, and then like in mine it's like absinthe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. Uh, all right. So uh, at at my party, people have played Towerfall and they've sipped their Tetris Effect connected. At Mark's party, uh, they've uh, had some uh, Wii Sports and then sipped on Stardew Valley, which honestly, Stardew Valley would be a great name for a cocktail. It is. Like that, a, it is a that's great perfect. name. Um, Mark, what is your, do you want to do the main dish next or do you want to do the sides first? Ooh, uh, I guess maybe let's do the sides. Okay, great. Uh, let's, let's hear, well, so we got a little freedom here to like choose which sides, uh, we're using. So I, I did like a normal green vegetable and so, you know, it could be, uh, uh, green beans or, um, like Brussels sprouts or whatever. Um, and then cranberries. What, what did you choose for like the food analogs for your sides? Yeah. So I, I picked a, uh, like a vegetable as well. And I'm thinking, Mm -hmm. you know, not like a, uh, nothing that's been cooked in butter, really nothing that's been um has a lot of you know like brown sugar or something on it like this is the healthy element of the meal like this is a true vegetable and then Uh um and then i did i did stuffing as my second side okay okay great uh so let's start with our veggies uh and mark why don't you go first okay so my vegetable a game you know even though i said it's not cooked in butter and uh doesn't have like brown (laughs) sugar on it or anything a game that Uh i really really like uh, is the Legend of Zelda Phantom Hourglass. Okay. And the reason I am choosing this as my vegetable is that I don't know uh, how many people have played it, um, especially since it came out for the DS and hasn't been re-released. And it kind of has a uh, a wonky reputation because of, you know, like it controls, uh, Link controls entirely using like the touchscreen and there's an element in it where you go back to like the temple of the ocean king uh over and over and uh, in the game um and people did not particularly like that but i think the phantom hourglass is really good and uh is unfairly maligned and so the reason i chose it as the vegetable is because i think playing it will be good for you and you may end up liking it I see. So it's it's the sort of parents' argument for why you have to eat your vegetables. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Um, that's a good pick, and I think we don't talk about uh either of those uh Zelda DS games uh f- frequently enough. Like, um, you know, we talk about the uh, Spirit Tracks opening music, uh, and then uh, we like Linebeck and Ghost Zelda. Um, and that's and that that's really it. Uh, but yeah, I think I think it'd be fun to like do a. I kind of deep dive into both of those games at some point. I think it would be too, because it has been a very long time since I played Spirit Tracks. I played it when it was released, and uh, I did not like the game at the time. Famously top. hate it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really, in my mind, do not like Spirit Tracks, but it has been so long since I've played it, like at least 15 years, that it would be 
or you know like something like that close to 15 years i i actually would be really interested in giving it another shot and i wonder what i would think about it now so for my vegetable, uh, I, I was thinking I was thinking about the phrase "eat your vegetables," right? Um, about the like the connotation of like it's a thing that you have to do. Um, it'll be good for you, um, but it's like a, an, an an obligation, right? Something you don't want to do. Um, and I thought I don't like that. I think we should be uh, encouraging uh, people eating their vegetables. It's not a chore. It's a fun, cool way to connect to the earth. Um, you know, like there there are very few foods that you can eat or that you can like get at a, uh, a farmer's market or a grocery store or whatever that's like a real food, you know, <laughs> that's like a, a just a real like a plant that you are eating from the earth and not like, you know, imbued with preservatives and, you know, whatever. Um, so I'm going to pick an exciting, fun, complete rich experience that is also very much tethered to the earth. I'm picking Pikmin 3. Very good. Um, Pikmin 3, you you know, spend the entire time exploring uh, an, an alien world as a tiny little man um, or a tiny little woman, but both things happen. Um, and uh, it, it's all about finding little bits of fruit. It's all about saving the Pikmin. It's all about interacting with the local flora and fauna. Um, and so, like, this is all... Uh, the, you know, the same as getting a, uh, you know, some green beans that have been locally picked, uh, and then just like cooking them up in a fry pan. So they get like a nice, like little char on them, tossing them in some butter, not like a ton of butter. You're not cooking them in butter, but like there's butter on them. Um, and then just like a little bit of salt and it's so great. Uh, I love this. I love this, uh, for two reasons. One Pikmin three great game. Pikmin kind of like the a, an unsung hero franchise mm-hmm. of uh Nintendo but also I love this little like uh uh peppy speech for uh vegetables. I think yeah. that's <laughs> It's I mean I I I get it. I I, I cuz like it it enters our head um that that idea that concept when we're kids, right? Uh, and and when you're kids you have when you're a kid you have more sensitive taste buds, right? Like I, this is a, a documented thing that like taste buds dull as you age. Um, so if there is anything like bitter or off-putting about the taste of vegetables, children are genuinely experiencing that unpleasurable taste more than adults are. Um, so I'm sympathetic to it in kids. Um, but uh, you know as, as as you age, like figure out a way to like those vegetables, man. They're good for you. <laughs> And they can taste so good. A message from the Vegetable Council. <laughs> I'll take that title. I'll be the Vegetable Council. Uh, Mark, I'm going to do my second side now. Um, and I, I went with cranberries. Uh, and before I dig in here, what, what are your feelings on cranberries as a, as a Thanksgiving dish? I, I actually like uh, cranberry sauce quite a bit. Mm, okay. Um, this is the thing that I don't care for. Oh, ah, okay. On the plate. So cranberries are the vegetables of your world. <laughs> cranberries are the vegetables of the vegetable council's world. Um, yeah, it's so. I I understand their role on a plate that is uh, largely, um, you know, like basic and starchy and uh, savory. It is something that is acidic and sweet, and you know, there's there's a, there's a tartness in there that's not represented really anywhere else on the plate. Um, so. And I have, from time to time, really enjoyed cranberries in the context of all the rest of the food. But I would say that, generally speaking, I'm not excited about the cranberries. But I would like to encounter more versions of cranberries that I do like. My cranberries are advanced wars. Um, I like 
in concept advance wars the first couple levels every time i uh, every time i start the game feel like fun i know people uh like respect the heck out of the game and uh and all that stuff i have such a hard time getting uh anywhere in in advance wars i feel like it's a a thing where like you mess up one move and uh you're screwed for the rest of of, of the match um so it's a uh, a sort of like love hate slash like intrigued but uh mostly have ex- negative experiences with uh that's me with cranberries that's also me with advance wars you know that's funny that you uh say that that you are drawn to like because i feel like that is entirely true you are drawn to advance wars and like advance war style games because i was trying to think of the names of the like advance war style indie games that have come out in the past like five years and there's like, like Wargroove, Wargroove, and, Tiny Metal, uh-huh. Into the Breach, yep. and I think did you pick all of those up? I have all those games, yeah. yeah. And I think I think Into the Breach is the only one that I've like actually gotten anywhere in. Um, but yeah, no, I haven't finished any of those games. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, me with like um, uh, Nintendo licensed Muso games. <laughs> I'm a sucker for them. What can I say? Yeah, you you got to check them out. By the way, uh, Fire Emblem Three Hopes is on a deep discount at um uh, at Best Buy and probably other places for um the Black Friday sale. I picked it up today. Nice. Uh, yeah, I'll be interested to hear what you uh, what you think about it. We'll see if I ever turn it on. <laughs> okay, so my second side is stuffing, and I really you know like I enjoy stuffing in moderation. But um, I think a little goes a long way, and it is the filler of a of a Thanksgiving meal, you know. Yeah, quite literally, yeah. Yeah, um, something to just kind of like uh, <clears throat> quickly fill you up, but can still be satisfying. And so my pick for uh, stuffing is Metroid: Samus Returns for the Nintendo 3DS. <laughs> slander this is <laughs> yeah. metroid slander i i, I know th- i know uh your experience uh does not match mine exactly but for me uh uh metroid samus returns a little went a long way like i actually i really liked metroid dread i think they learned um a lot of good lessons for metroid samus mm-hmm. returns but i found the pacing of metroid samus returns to be a little uh slow i found it to have a little too much filler but overall was like a uh a satisfying, you know, like entry in the Metroid franchise. Um, and so for me, for my meal planning, uh-huh. I would say uh, I would put Metroid Samus Returns in the stuffing category. Um, f- the filler is such a, a, a funny, like, I was just, uh, I was trying to anticipate where you were going. Uh, and my first thought was that you were going to say, um, the Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess HD, um, because that was totally a filler title for uh, the the Wii U, oh, right? Uh-huh. That just like they needed to put something out on the platform. Um, but like that, uh, just thinking about like the 3DS's library, that's not really the role that uh, Samus Returns uh, takes. But like uh, that, certainly your experience of it is that it felt like too much filler. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I know that is not the case for you. I know that uh, you really like. I, I 100%ed it. I got everything there is yeah. to get in it. Yeah. Samus Returns. I just did. I did not have like uh, the patience for what that game wanted me to do. And I think one of the uh, big improvements, honestly, that um, 
Metroid Dread made was kind of getting rid of the countering system and just speeding up the combat. Uh, well, the count the countering system is there. It's just you can move while you're while you're doing it. Yeah, it just makes a big yeah. difference. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say about? Uh, oh, had had you played um, uh, Metroid Two: The Return of Samus no. growing up? Uh. Uh-uh. That was a, a favorite game of mine. Uh, so, like, I was just excited to be in that scenario again, uh, but in a way that's, like, genuinely playable. <laughs> the The original Game Boy game, the sprite for Samus is so big and the screen is so small because it's a Game Boy screen um, that, like, it's it, it, it reads as almost unplayable uh, it, from a modern uh, gameplay perspective. But... Um, I, I will respect your uh, opinion of Samus Returns. Thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate that Metroid Samus Returns would be a vegetable to you, and yet it is a stuffing to me. Yes. Uh, Mark, your main dish. My main dish is uh, Super Mario Odyssey. I think it is a complete package, com- super satisfying. You want to just keep playing and playing it. It's like the equivalent of Thanksgiving leftovers. You defeat Bowser, and then you're like, oh, there is, like, so much more to go in this. Um, I feel like uh, there's not much new to be said about Super Mario Odyssey. I think it's just a really amazingly executed Mario platformer. Uh, yeah, it, it it truly is. God, the, uh, the, like, worlds and variety of, like, things that that game makes you do uh, is just really astounding. Um, like... Yeah, I, I was thinking the other day about um, there's there's that slot car mini game. Do you remember that in New Donk City? Uh huh. Where you're just like racing, you're just racing little remote control cars. I guess they're not slot cars; they're they're remote control cars. Um, they're just like stuff like that everywhere. It was just like little mini games and different ways to uh, like interact with Mario's environment. Just a really uh, beautiful, wonderful game. But yeah, you can just like play forever. Yeah, you know, like one of the things that we do quite a bit on this show is, you know, just make up silly pitches for Nintendo games. But one of the things that I find like so astounding about Super Mario Odyssey is just how like um, original it feels for being like a, you know, like a Mario title. Yeah. And how it just like consistently surprised me. Um, you know, from like the moment it was revealed with Cappy and then later at E3 2017, when we got like the first time we heard jump up superstar and then, you know, like parts of the game itself, like it was just constantly, Super Mario Odyssey was just constantly surprising. And, uh, you know, I am really looking forward to whatever the next Mario platformer is, but it feels really difficult. Like it's hard. My, with my limited imagination, it is difficult to, to see like where does Mario go next? Because I feel like yeah. Odyssey was so like surprising and well executed. Well, and it's it's also like so satisfyingly indulgent, which I think is another way that like it the the main dish parallel really works. Um, that like it is so reverential to its own history, right? And has like so much fun. Um, like explore, you know, like the, there are those eight uh, bit segments where you're like in the wall and like just doing old school style platforming. Um, that like, you know, d- does that make any sense within like the narrative of the game or whatever? Like, no, but it's like it's tripping all of like the right uh, triggers in your brain to just be like a lovely experience. Um, and so yeah, it, it feels like a capstone to a series, like where a cappy stone to the series. <laughs> um, so like yeah, it's it's like where where do you go from there? Yeah, so but 
that's also my concern with uh, Breath of the Wild, where I'm like, how can Tears of the Kingdom, how, how, how can, where do we go from Breath of the Wild? Uh, totally. I, I just remind myself that we've still seen, like, a in totality, nothing. like, 25 seconds of Tears of the Kingdom. So, uh, yeah, I feel like there's still a lot more there that is yet to be shown. Uh, we're, we're, we're what, six months away from Tears of the Kingdom yeah, coming out? Yeah, something like that. <sighs> or at least until uh, it gets delayed again. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's a great pick for a, a main dish, Mark. Um, and I think expresses a positive relationship between you and the turkey on that table. Um, I'm about to express a negative relationship uh, between myself and the turkey on the table. Um, I, you know, I, I, I don't eat meat, um, so I haven't eaten turkey in a long time. But even when I did eat turkey, I sort of resented its place at the center of the Thanksgiving meal because... Um, in life, in non-holiday times, you're not eating turkey. <laughs> you're maybe eating sliced turkey as like a lunch meat, but like a hunk of turkey, uh, not a normal thing that like you're encountering uh, on, on, on a regular basis. And like it can be a little bit, it, it can be enjoyable. I don't, I don't want to take away from the fact that like turkey can taste good. And I, I do get that, but it just, it feels weird to me that it's a food that we like put up on this pedestal uh, and then don't eat it the rest of the year. Um, so uh, something that's big is like the, 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 the main event will, can, takes a long time to get through. You're eating it for uh, weeks and weeks after the meal. Um, you kind of like it, but also you kind of don't like it. Uh, what am I describing video game wise here? It's got to be Donkey Kong 64. <laughs> A game that is too much game that you're going to be playing forever, well past the point that you lost the taste for it. Um, but, you know, when, when you turned it on initially and you're Donkey Kong running around, he got a coconut gun to shoot some Kremlings. You were like, this is the best. Um, it's the same thing as that, like, first piece of uh, turkey that dad carves off with that uh, electric knife, right? Um, and then, yeah, you know, weeks later, as you're making another Thanksgiving sandwich, uh, that's that's when you're uh, trying to find all the, the music pads so that you can uh, make Lanky Kong play the trombone and, and get a giant blue banana from it. Very good. I mean, this message also brought to you by the Vegetable Council. I can't help it, man. That was my relationship with turkey before I stopped eating it. So Yeah, no, no. I, I, think, that is, uh, I think that's totally fair. I will say, nobody. there's no law requiring you to have the turkey at Thanksgiving. I think there might be. I think there's a lot. <laughs> um, but I, I will also say that, like, uh, you know, I've I've had uh, maybe eight or nine uh, vegetarian Thanksgivings um, since. Uh, well, you know, it just in, in in my life, and there's no uh, there's no real like substitute for uh, a, a turkey. Like you, mm. uh, you know, there, there's um, I, I've I've not found something that like feels satisfying uh, like that. Uh, uh, so maybe this year we'll just play Donkey Kong 64. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say, okay, does the, can we map that back to Donkey Kong 64? Is there nothing quite as satisfying as playing Donkey Kong 64? I don't, I think that's, I don't, I don't think that's true. I mean, I do think Donkey Kong 64 is a singular entity that there is nothing, you know, even other games that are sort of like it, like the Banjo-Kazooie games or Mario 64 or even like ukulele or whatever. Um, they're all sort of like it, but also like, it is so itself that like no one else can touch it. Yeah, it's true. And you know, when they decided to revive the Donkey Kong series, they weren't uh 
they didn't hearken back to Donkey Kong 64 <laughs> to do that. Uh, but maybe in this like next in this rumored Donkey Kong game, we'll get some uh, yeah. we'll get some lanky trombone. Um, and that's really all I want. Uh, you know, we we, we remember when uh, tr- oh, trombone champion when when that was floating around. Uh-huh. Uh Nintendo should have gotten it. Put put lanky in there. It's a real missed opportunity. That'd be a great return uh, of Lon- Linky Kong. Yes, yes, it would. Because uh, where is Lanky Kong? Where's he been? Maybe that's the plot of this next game. Lanky Kong is <laughs> missing. All right. Uh, we are now ready to move on to our final course here, which is, of course, dessert. Uh, I will go first. Um, dessert, you know, got to be a relaxing time. You have to be able to, like, lean back, uh, sip it with coffee, uh, and then, you know, just discuss everything. It's a, a reflective time. It is a happy time. It has it ha- truly has to be joyful, right? Like, um, if you're eating dessert and you're not happy about it, then you're doing it wrong. Um, so happy, relaxing, uh, can be a, a nice slow course that takes the rest of the afternoon. I'm uh, My video game equivalent here is Animal Crossing Happy Home Paradise, um, where you are just tasked with making a house for... A little animal villager who wants nothing more than to vacation with uh, three objects, Uh, you know, a uh, a wheel of cheese, a nice wooden stool, and a brown refrigerator. And you make that house, and he's so excited. But you can spend as much time as you want decorating it, uh, and you can make it as nice and as friendly as you want. Um, and it's just a nice, happy, good time. And at the end of it, uh, he's he's delighted. You're delighted. Uh, it's dessert, baby. I love that. I feel like that's such a good pick. Like, even when you were describing, you know, like, um, what you want out of a dessert, it, like, Happy Home Paradise does remind me of that post-meal cup of coffee where, mm-hmm. you know, like, uh, you've done the work of the main meal. You've done the work of, like, playing a lot of, uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons, where there's a lot of like mini systems and you're digging things up and you know running yeah. around trying to catch bugs and stuff. And then Happy Home uh, Paradise is just like the uh, the fun parts of Animal Crossing New Horizon just open yeah. to you. Yeah, we're just like go now. Use all the tools. Like we're not going to hamper you with like uh, oh you can't buy. We don't have enough money. No, no, no. You just you just get it all. Put whatever you want in there. You know, that's, that's, put, put the, put the whipped cream on, on your, on your, uh, pumpkin pie. Of course, put the slice of, uh, of cheese on, on your, uh, slice of apple pie. Like it's, it's perfect. It's so indulgent. You just, you just, uh, you just enjoy it. Yeah. That's, that's great. I really love that a lot. I, my pick is, uh, a little bit different. I think a little more like action focused, but the same sort Mm. of idea where, um, you know, I have a bit of a sweet tooth, and so I love capping a meal off with like a really like uh, sweet dessert, something that um, uh, maybe like is too sweet. And for that reason, I picked Kirby and the Forgotten Land, <laughs> uh, which I think you know when we had our discussion of it, I think maybe is my favorite Kirby game, uh, and you know I would argue maybe the best Kirby game, but. Um, uh, Kirby as a character is just kind of like that perfect little uh, dessert of a character. Super sweet. Yeah, it's true. Um, packs a punch. Uh, I just I I love Kirby in the Forgotten Land, and uh, I think it'd be a good capstone to uh, Nintendo Thanksgiving. Uh, 
Uh, and just like Kirby in general is such a, a a good choice for for this category because uh, I mean, first of all, like admit it, we've all thought about eating Kirby. <laughs> we think it'd be good. Um, but uh, the the other thing is that like there's very little pushback from a Kirby game, right? Like um, there's some sort of friction if you want to like find all the stuff or whatever. But like for the most part, you can just enjoy it. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Um, well, Mark, that is, that is a great, uh, a great menu that you've put together. Um, I, I do think it's interesting that yours got more aggressive at the end and mine chilled out at the end. Yes. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, all right. Well, let's close this segment out. All right. If, uh, I would love to hear other people's, um, uh, menus if they were to, to program from a, a list of Nintendo games, uh, or not Nintendo games. We didn't stick to first party Nintendo, so you, you can do whatever you want. Uh, email us Nintendo cartridge society at gmail.com. Um, and that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo cartridge society. Uh, you can remember, you can follow us on Twitter at I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell and the show is at Nin cart society. We also have a discord. You should join our discord, uh, email or tweet at us for an invitation to it. Anthony DeLuca made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape at Betty. You can get more of his music by going to Ape at or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying happy Thanksgiving.